the average of your five friends, the books that you read. And if those five friends are bringing you down, they're Debbie Downers, their energy is not high where you want it to be. And you got to make some tough decisions. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Let's take a moment to talk about our friends over at Juve. That's J-O-O-V-V. If you're someone who is interested in having great looking skin with amazing collagen production and elasticity of the anti-aging nature, if you're looking to increase your tolerance to sunlight and build up that solar callus, if you're someone who wants uh, improved mitochondrial function, hormonal balance, exercise and stress recovery, red light therapy might just be for you. I've been doing this stuff for years. I'm a huge fan of it uh, and can't wait right now actually to get back home to my Juve red light therapy devices. I've got one in my podcast studio and one out back in the Zen Den. And uh, I love these things. And so uh, I'm here today to tell you not only about my existing. So right now, I'm not only going to share with you my pre-existing love for the Juve products, but also their new features. They've got a next generation 3.0 product line that features ambient mode that fills your house with a lower intensity red light at night. So you can chill, get ready for sleep, get your circadian rhythm on point, knock out that blue light, etc. They've also got an upgraded setup for the new devices, which allows for quick, easy mounting options. So your new Juve can fit just about anywhere in your home and can also be moved around your home easily. And that's one of the things with the unit I have. I mean, it takes up a considerable amount of space. I've, I obviously found room for it because I love it, but uh, its uh, modular setup is not as flexible as the new 3.0 devices. So Juve is doing it right, folks. And if you're not integrating red light therapy into your life, I don't know what to tell you, man. We've got to find a way to make this happen. So if you're ready to take the plunge and do some investigation, here's what you do. Go to juve.com slash Luke. That's J-O-O-V-V dot com slash Luke. And if you make a purchase there of the new generation 3.0 devices and use the code Luke, they're going to give you an exclusive discount. That's juve.com slash Luke. When I started this podcast in 2016, I quickly realized that brain fog was not an option. I needed to be sharp and focused in order to do recordings like this, as well as the interviews. So I've been really focused on brain health and cognitive performance ever since. And I've tried dozens of nootropics and smart drugs to fix my brain, keep it working right. And one of my favorite products that I've discovered along the way is called Bee Elixir by Beekeepers Naturals. And it helps you beat brain fog naturally. So all you do is just chug one little shot of this first time in the morning or anytime you need a cognitive boost, and it's going to help you stay organized on tasks all day long. It's similar to coffee, but there's no crash or jitter. So it's not a stimulant. It just improves brain function. Why B Elixir works is that it's powered by natural ingredients like science-backed adaptogens like royal jelly, ginkgo biloba, and Bacopa Monnieri. So this is a really power-packed product when it comes to brain health. Another thing that's great about the Bee Elixir is that it comes in little vials, which makes it easy to travel with, throw them in your pocket so you can take one later in the afternoon, etc. Unlike some of these products that are very difficult to uh, be mobile with. So here is where you will find the Bee Elixir. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash Luke Story. That's B-E-E-K-E-E 
P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S. Beekeepersnaturals.com slash Luke's story. And by using that link, you're going to save yourself 15% off. So when you get over to beekeepersnaturals.com slash Luke's story, again, what you're looking for there amongst their amazing suite of products is the bee elixir. Well, the hits just keep on coming, folks. This is episode 329, The Conscious Entrepreneur, Gamified Life, where everyone wins with my friend Drew Canoli. You can join me next week for episode 330, Everything is Love, Even the Things You Hate, Finding Peace Beyond Bypass with Preston Smile. So two back-to-back high-powered episodes. Now, this is another show from my recent Sedona podcast tour and one you are sure to enjoy. Drew and I first met while I was on this trip and we became fast friends. He's a true brother from another mother. He is incredibly inspiring, very kind and generous person and uh, someone I'm just honored to share space with. For example, Drew and I had barely met and he offered his personal office to me to do my Paleo Effects live stream appearance when I was asked out by 1993, like slow ass internet at my Airbnb in Sedona. So barely no dude. I was really embarrassed to even ask. You know what I mean? That's a big ask. Like, hey, I don't know you. Can I come invade your personal office space and use it for a live stream? And he was just like, dude, of course. Just totally took care of us the whole time. Just great, great guy. And as always, I must express my gratitude for this job, um, providing me the opportunity to meet some of the most incredible people in the world. I work really hard to bring the best shows to you. And I am so very rewarded with the relationships I get to build with folks like Drew along the way. So thank you and thank Drew. Here's a scoop on some of what you'll learn in this episode where Drew and I discuss the new paradigm of wealth, success, and entrepreneurship. The mentor he met that sued him. Why he didn't turn to drugs and alcohol to treat his childhood trauma. His story is freaking incredible, by the way. I thought I had a bad damn. Homeboy's been through some shit, but he has prevailed. We also talk about the inspiration to start FitLife TV and how that led to founding his company Organifi, what blocks people from success in their lives, how to overcome scarcity thinking and competition, some of his secrets to financial success and productivity, getting over the I'll be happy when syndrome. And then we really dive into the currency of money and how to make wealth building a fun game rather than a frustrating nightmare. So this was personally a really inspiring episode for me as I move into the next phase of my life at, at middle age. I guess I'm a middle-aged guy. It's so funny. I said that to Allison this morning. I was like, oh my God, I actually am. I'm you know about to turn, what am I about to turn 51? I'm like, oh my God, I'm a middle-aged dude. I just feel like such a kid in my spirit that I forget that. But uh, you know, second half of life, you, you want to start thinking about, you know, your wealth and security down the road and kids and retirement funds and all of these things. And so uh, when I think about money in that way, personally, it's like, oh God, I just want to have fun. And Drew really did a great job of reframing money as a currency and that it's a game. And um, we just really had a great time uh, talking about things from a metaphysical and spiritual perspective as it pertains to success in the outer world. And that, my friends, is just a taste of the inspiration you will find in this episode. Here's a little bit about our guest, Drew, for those that are unfamiliar. He's also an author, transformation coach, and founder of Organifi. He's helped thousands of men and women revitalize their health, ignite their vision, and shift the course of their lives forever. After reaching a dead end in his own health, he discovered the chasm of difference between going through the motions and living with radical intention. He now helps people tap into the big you, quote, end quote, 
to create the change they never thought possible. So this is going to be a really informative and inspiring show. And please remember to share this episode with a friend if you feel so called. And don't forget, you can find all of my favorite health and biohacking products, including Drew's company, Organifi, at lukestory.com store, where I have spent the past five years curating a one-stop shop for the discerning health enthusiast like you. Again, go to lukestory.com store, or just click on the link in the show notes. Okay, so get ready to jump off the deep end with my friend, Drew Canoli. Here we go, man. We are, uh, we're here with Drew Canoli on the Lifestylist Podcast. Oh, so good to be here, my friend. Yeah. I've listened to you and what you're doing in the world and all the people that you've helped. And you, you've made such a big difference. I want to tell you that. Like reading through the comments, looking at the people that follow you. It's inspiring, man. So thanks for having me on the show. And I'm just glad that I can be here in full support. Thank you, man. And thanks mm-hmm. for making the time uh, to allow this to happen before we split. You know, tomorrow we're hightailing it yeah. out of here. I don't know if I'm going to have a weepathon for at least a week and a half because <laughs> I've loved having you and Likewise. your girl, Allison, in Sedona. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been incredible to come here and make some new friends. I think that's been one of the things that's been most valuable for both of mm-hmm. us just to drop in with some really cool people. And, you know, I've been living, she's living in New York City for the past 15 years. I've been in LA for 31 years. And just when you think like, ah, I have enough friends, yeah. you know, you meet someone like you and it's like, oh no, there's room for more, <laughs> you know? So I, yes, yeah, I appreciate it. And I look forward yeah. to uh, coming back to visit or having you visit wherever we end up next. Excellent. Um, so anyway, thanks for coming on. Bye guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no we have much more <laughs> See to you cover. See next time. We have much more to cover here. And um, it's always much more fun doing an interview when I feel like uh, I've gotten to know someone a bit. Yeah. And so I'm glad we got to drop in. And before I forget, thank you for your hospitality and letting me use your internet over here when uh, I had to do yes. my paleo effects appearance virtually and my, my internet sucked what where What did they was. say about the salt ball? Were they like, are you, is he literally in a biohacking chamber right now? You know, no one commented on it. I was really? expecting people to be like, whoa, coolest backdrop ever. Maybe they thought it was one of those Zoom backdrops oh, I bet you. where you can just superimpose yourself on something. Yeah. You, yeah. you had uh, so much uh, ionizing salt right behind you. But you saved my ass. You gave me access to your ice bath. I mean, like, yeah. you know, just in, what did you just inject me with? NAD. And we right. did a little CoQ10 injection too. Yeah. Right. You're the first guest that I have pulled down my pants for and received a needle in the butt You got from. a nice butt, dude. What can I say? <laughs> what little there is, I hear, yeah. is okay. There's you've, not you've been much doing some work. The booty bands have served yeah. you well, son. Uh, the lady calls it, what do you call it, hon? Baby buns? <laughs> Baby buns? Yes. <laughs> All right. God damn it. We got to do a real interview. All right. So you come from uh, most recently San Diego, right? You're a pillar of the wellness community there and in California and the world at large. Mm -hmm. You're now here six months in Sedona. Um, Obviously, here we are still. What's this been like for you energetically? And, you know, where are you thinking uh, this is going to fit into your life or not? You're going to stay here permanently? Is this going to be part time home, full time home? Where are you at with it right now? So I love options, I love the ability and the freedom to go. So when people are like, where do you live? I don't really have a home. I believe home is wherever we are, right? It's where your heart is. So I feel like Sedona is a good three to four months out of the year. But I also uh, just bought a Sprinter van. I'm going full on van life. You know, one of the big 170 Sprinter vans. We got the Happy Jack bed in there. So Rebecca and I are going on, going on the road with the dogs. 
I want to go into some people's homes and help them transform physically, mentally, spiritually kind of stuff. So we'll be doing that probably two, three months out of the year. And I love California still, even though it's completely crazy, chaotic, it's insane. Uh, I love it, especially Southern Cal, San Diego. I got a lot of friends there, Soul Fam that's there. So we'll keep our property there and we'll just kind of rotate back and forth. There's so many places to see. I feel like we could live a thousand years and there's always going to be a new place that you want to experience in the 3D. You know what I'm saying? So we're just going to keep uh, moseying around and, and see where life takes us. After being here for a month and a half or so and really yeah. doing a trial run, like living here, I brought my yeah. my big boy computer, which is always a sign that I mean business. Yes. Uh, trying to do real work out here. <laughs> Little did I know they don't have internet and half the Airbnb's yeah. here. But, uh, you know, I get the sense that for many people, this place, that Sedona, there's only a certain type of person, I think, that is fit for just year-round, this is your home base, you live here full-time. I think there's a lot of people that that's great for, 10,000 of them, apparently. Yeah, Uh, and only 5,000 half the year because 5,000 of them travel back and forth. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But, you know, checking in with you after six months and a few other people here, I get the sense people are like, yeah, we come here for doses and then and then we get out, and I think that might be you know ultimately what happens with us too. Yeah. Um, so so we'll see. Um, have you found the energies here to be different than other places in the world? You seem really sensitive and tapped into kind of the unseen realm. Do you feel different here than you feel in a San Diego or a Denver or wherever else? It's uh, adapting for me. I love humidity. I love the ocean. I love water. You know, I grew yeah. up next to Lake Michigan in a small town there, lived in California, lived in Florida, right on the coast. So I've always been next to water. So coming to the desert with the altitude, with the mountainous, the dry, you know, some days were a hundred degrees, Luke, like that's hot. And when you step outside, it's a little different because it's literally your, your water's being sucked out of you. Mm -hmm. So there's this whole integration period. I mean, I had some pretty gnarly headaches as well for like the first two or three months. I mean, I showed you earlier, but even in the bedroom, I have like three humidifiers that are just pumping like out industrial air. Yeah, industrial too. strength humidifiers. Yeah, not like from Rite Aid, the little yeah. $20 ones, like the real deal, yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely an adjustment being in the high desert. Uh, but Sedona is a magical place. You think of something and then all of a sudden it happens. You want to go on a show or you have a podcast you want to do or an idea, a business concept, and all of a sudden, boom, it's here. So the ancients, you know, the Hopi and some of the other uh, ancient tribes would use this place to uh, heal any decisions that they needed to or bodies or, you know, they've had ceremonies here. Uh, and then they would, they would get the information and then they would leave. So it's a very powerful, powerful place. Yeah. And there's a peace treaty on the whole entire place. It's been this way for, I guess, hundreds of years. Really? Yeah. So there's, oh, wow. this is like a no fighting feuding zone. Wow. One of the main reasons why I came here was because uh, my Don, who I've been working with for 13 years, who worked under uh, Don Juan, who Carlos Consonator writes about, Don Javier. So for 13 years, I've been working with him in Dreamtime. So going through different plant portals, experiencing different uh, dimensions, different planetary experiences, all in dream. So he literally lives right next to me. Here in Sedona, yeah, that's which a, is a, that's a crazy story. Yeah, I know. It's and insane. you didn't know that he no was idea. Right there. Yeah, no idea. And then I came here, and this lady, we were looking at, we looked at twelve houses in Sedona, 
12th house, we made a decision. We're like, this house is awesome. We're going to take it. It was like 95% of what we wanted, right? Greenhouse, sauna, enough space for the biohacking, you know, the usual stuff, yeah. right? And yeah, when uh, you live like us, you you literally need like an extra couple bedrooms do. worth of square footage for all the, <laughs> all the tools and toys, you know? And uh, yeah, so the extra square footage, 12th house, and this woman came walking out of the juice bar that we love here in Sedona, local juicery. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, I've overheard you talking about a house. I looked at one yesterday over here. It's off market, but it sounds to me like it's exactly what you're looking for. And I knew every hair on my, my body stood up you know, the ghost bumps or whatever you want to call them. And uh, I'm like, this is the house. Came here, made an offer. They accepted the offer. There was like five other offers. They accepted our offer. And uh, I get a photo from a friend who's in our Toltec family of traveling uh, in Dreamtime. He's like, you'll never believe who you live right next to. And it was the back porch of my Don, who I've been working with for 13 years in the Dreamtime, in the physical, but in the non-physical, we've been together for hundreds of thousands of years. So super powerful, dude. Wow. And I was like, all right, I got to, I'm moving to Sedona. Let's go. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, listen, like talk about hearing the call. And it's funny when we first connected here and you told me that story, I was thinking maybe something like that will happen for uh, Allison and myself, you know, and we're kind of waiting and watching and Uh looking around and just nothing's happened. It's been very still in that regard. Uh You know, there hasn't been a clear indicator or sign or a door opening and really things just flowing and becoming easy. And uh, so, yeah, it's interesting. But um, I have to say in closing, just the loop on Sedona, there is, um, I've always loved it here. I've been here many times and there's something really unique in this land in that there is, it's desert and it's so dry, as you said, but there's water. That's what's always been. The river. So alluring here is you can get in like a forest climate in the spring, summer and fall. You have, you know, that green belt along the uh, Oak Creek and it just feels like there's a refuge of water Mm -hmm. in the middle of this really harsh climate. You know, like in the desert, everything's so, um, so prickly. You know what I mean? It's like you can't go barefoot anywhere. It's just so harsh and kind of unforgiving but then you have the refuge of the smooth rocks and the water and mm. you know places you can go barefoot and just ground and of course collect spring water in a couple places. Yeah, and, you uh you get your spring water here yeah. right out of mother earth, which yeah. is incredible. And you go to what's the website to find all the natural springs? Findaspring. findaspring.com. Yeah. yeah, one year fully charged. Uh one year I I was driving to Colorado and I knew I was going to be passing through here up through Flagstaff. I took kind of a scenic route. So I go through Sedona and I filled up the entire back of my SUV with five gallon glass carboys just with the purpose of filling up at that spring and bringing it back to LA. You know, I drank that water for, I don't know, probably last me three months or something. Uh, you know? Nothing like that real water. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, Wet water. Yeah. So mm. just a different experience. So I always want to encourage people to use that site and yeah. you know, if it, the, if, if the spring is a little suspect, I always recommend people send it into a lab, have it tested just to make sure. Yeah. But I've been drinking from spring since I was a little kid and I don't know, I'm still here to tell the tale. Uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump way back. Um, yes, let's go. Back into time. Yeah, there's something really interesting about your journey um, that I really relate to. And then there's a part where you deviate from my journey. Mm-hmm. And the part that I relate to is the childhood trauma. Yes. You know, I've... I've heard some things about your story and mm-hmm. um you know you went through some pretty harsh stuff as a kid and it's the type of you know neglect trauma abuse that either is going to turn someone into a 
serial killer or something close to yeah. it and end you up in prison as a drug addict or criminal uh, and a perpetrator of abuse on other human beings or going to be a catalyst to turn you into a beacon of healing and hope and you have taken the latter path. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought it might be good as a starting point for people that see this healthy, ripped, happy, successful business person, entrepreneur, you're a really inspiring guy. Um, and I think people really benefit from knowing that it wasn't always that way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So if you haven't heard um, some of my story from the past, and I have to preface this, I don't say these, I don't tell you my past to elicit any emotional response. I'm not trying to get sadness or, you know, the feeling energetically of, uh, you know, feeling despair, any of that. I believe what happened, uh, it all happened for me, right? I've come to terms with that. And uh, it's been a long journey, as you know, any journey is, especially when it's healing trauma that's in our body, our subconscious mind, our body. So uh, at the from zero to five, I was tortured. And the newspapers talked about it at the time in Cadillac, Michigan is one of the worst child abuse cases they've ever seen. Um, you know, and, and thankfully, I'm still alive. My sister who was with me is still alive. Uh, but we had some pretty horrific stuff happen. So as you could imagine, right? Mm-hmm. I don't need to go into detail. Because it's the past and all that we have on a higher level is right here. So uh, essentially, what have I done to help me remedy the trauma or heal the trauma? Well, yeah, yeah. I want to get into that. But um, in the story, you know, you had your family of origin, your your biological parents, right? Yes. And then ended up in foster care and then were eventually adopted by some healthier caring parents, but was there not a point in your story where you had a mentor that kind of came in and really altered the course of your trajectory? Yes. Mentors are are riddled throughout my journey. And it's been like this golden thread throughout my whole life of people that have impacted me. And uh, I would say, okay, so from zero to five, all the abuse happened. In foster care, there was another year of abuse because it's hard to integrate when you're emotionally damaged is what they would call you, which is a label, right? Um, Emotionally damaged kid. And then I was adopted by my mom, Jeff and Connie, who are amazing human, angelic, present people in Michigan. My mom uh, was a janitor my whole life, dad, truck driver, right? So for like middle-class, beautiful souls, like you would imagine. And uh, they really helped with a lot of that healing. But from zero to six, that was a lot of work that I had to do personally mm-hmm. later on because mm-hmm. it kept showing up in relationships. It kept yeah. showing up in choices of drinking alcohol, of having my own addiction tendencies of the stuff that I was into. It showed up in uh, control trips, trying to have power over other people at a very young age, trying to uh, maintain any equanimity and um, control over anything I could get my hands on. And then I, I went on this journey and I realized I was from my 20s, I would say 25 to 30, I started my own company. I've always worked for myself. Like 90 days, I worked for a company called Quicken Loans doing mortgages right out of college. But then I'm like, I'm going to work for somebody else because I'm driven, I'm motivated. And so I did that. And it was all trying to get something. It was trying to obtain money. It was trying to be a human doing over and over and over. I would do, 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 do to get results. I'd fill my bank account up. I'd have the watches and the cars and the clothes and everything looked great on the outside. But inside Luke, I was falling apart. I was a half of the man that I knew I could be ultimately. So I was drinking every weekend. 
I was going to the bar to unload and get rid of the stress from doing not my soul's work, you know, as I would call it, not my, my journey of the highest evolution of what I wanted to create. And uh, I did this for many years, four or five years. And every morning during the, the last three years of that journey, I would meet with a man named Frank. Frank and I would sit down at breakfast. We would read scripture. We would go over uh, you know, ancient text. We would look at it. And he had a background in Christian science. So, Did you guys ever read Emmett Fox? Yes. Read, oh, Emmett really? Fox is my boy. Oh, man, yeah, I love great. Emmett Fox. I rarely meet someone that yeah. knows who Emmett Fox is or is playing with Fox. his writing. Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, Joel Goldsmith as well. Don't know that Neville one. Neville Goddard. You know Neville Goddard? Uh-uh. Don't know that one. So all of, Ralph Waldo Emerson, of course. Yeah. So all of yeah. these thought yeah. transcendent type beings. I, pardon my interjection here, yeah. but I think in that new thought movement, yeah. You know, it was like 1930 through 1945 or so, yeah. right in there. Powerful. You know, Napoleon Hill, All of Emmett them. Fox, James yeah. Allen, uh, the advent of Alcoholics Anonymous yeah. and their founder or co-founder Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob were all in that, uh, yeah. in that, um, in that, uh, what am I looking for? Era as yeah. well. It was really an interesting period of not only American literature, but there was just a movement where these writers and philosophers had sort of rejected a lot of the theology of Christianity and just yes. took the core principles, yes. the truths from it. The and laws. Created, yeah, the laws and created some of the most powerful teachings. So yeah. anyway, I just shout out to all of that whole era because it was hugely influential on me too. Yeah, and me I too. kind of forget about it because, you know, you go on yeah. to different stuff. But anyway, carry on. This, yeah. is, this is great. Yeah, I'm glad you referenced that. Um, yeah, so he was big into Christian science. So of course he was... I looked up to him like a father, like the father that um, I had, you know, my adopted dad's great. Don't get me wrong. But Frank was um, just a different kind of human being. So much grace, so much love, always thinking about other people. Um, And he's still alive today. I still talk to him all the time. Oh, that's great, man. He's probably 180. Nobody knows his age because he never <laughs> celebrates birth, right? Oh, Doesn't is believe that in you it. got that thing? Yeah. Oh, that's Doesn't so funny. Doesn't believe in it. He's like this ageless, sentient human. That's and so, uh, cool. so sitting down with him, going over science and health, which is the handbook to the Bible, which actually explains how Jesus was able to heal people on a metaphysical level. So that's kind of what Christian science is. It's science and health with uh, Mary Baker Eddy, who was a female, literally, who wrote this book in the late 1800s. Think about a female writing a book in the late 1800s that goes against the traditional Christianity textbook of the Bible. Like, this is it, right? Right. So we were reading that. We were getting charged up on uh, how was he really seeing people? How was Jesus seeing God and everyone expressed and healing them in a second? because of his perception, changed the reception of the human that was in front of him. And Frank was living proof of that. I mean, I saw people get healed in a second dealing with him. I've had instantaneous healings working with this guy. Mm, So just by somebody witnessing you on the observation level in a different way. Mm -hmm. So Frank changed my life. In his younger years, he like started JCPenney in Italy and speaks fluent Italian. First time I met him, he literally came up to me and kissed me on the lips because he lived in Italy so long. And I'm like, this is different. We don't do this in America. <laughs> kind of mentor, are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, um, yeah, such a beautiful soul. So great mentor, changed yeah. my life. Really got me into reading a lot. I can tell. From that point, I started reading like, for a while, I was reading a book a day. 
when wow. I was reading a book a week. Yeah, your library down in the office there is impressive. I was down there again today while you and Allison were recording. I was like, I go, something tells me he's actually read all these books. <laughs> Dude, uh, another side note here. Um, I used to be quite an avid reader, especially yeah. in the morning. I'd read my spiritual literature and that would really help yeah. me ground. And I did that for years and years. Um, and then somehow in the past couple of years, I find it very difficult to concentrate when yeah. I read. Like I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read this book and I pick it up and I'm just, I drift off and I like, I'm super ADD. And yeah. I swear to God, I think it's from my phone. I think phone addiction and the constant like refreshing, scrolling, switching from apps yeah. um, has really damaged my ability. I'm not saying I can't get it back, but it's, it's really interfered with my ability to just sit with the book, focus and really dive in. Have you noticed that at all? With yourself, you use technology or is your reading still as on point as it ever was? 100%. You need to phone fast. So lock it up, put it in a safe, put it in a black box, put a timer on it. Don't touch your phone, dude. That thing literally, like I see so many people walking around looking like the walking dead. And it's like literally sucking the life out of you. It's calling you. And it's meant it. to stimulate you. Like yeah. every neurotransmitter you have in your brain it's designed Wait, for that. My phone? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like space technology, right? Like legitimately, like you have to, that's why Instagram, Insta drug, right? Oh, Facebook, man. the book of narcissism, Facebook. I got to look at my face. I got to look at the face of others. I got to wow. see who's like my stuff. Every time you get a heart on Instagram, you get that dopamine rush. Uh, every time you get a new email, you know, people are connecting to you. So people are becoming more virtually integrated, which is great until it's not. When it comes to focus, when it comes to your first hour in the morning, I say lock it up. Get rid of it completely. Put it in a different room. Dude, yes. Yeah. The morning thing, Don't 100%. Touch it, dude. I dance yeah. with this and I have not mastered this. And Allison's over here. She sees me like she's, you know, yeah. respectful enough to just let me have my journey, so to speak. But yeah. Uh, if I get up and I don't do my meditations and my things to get connected, you can't be you. Uh, I will be much more psychotic that day yeah. if I get up on my phone, especially with the things going on in the world right now. I've, I've never before. 2000- Which we love the psychotic version of you, by the way. Just so you know, <laughs> you know, I'm taking one for the team. You know, um, your but- memes when you're getting in a little psychotic. I like notice the memes will start to f- yeah. flip down this dark alley, and I like it. I'm actually a personal fan of my it. I'm like sharing game some of this stuff. Is strong. You I'm got not some gonna memes. Lie. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> there's some dank memes flying in my stories on Instagram, and I guess they go on Facebook. You know which too. one was my favorite? What you guys? Uh, you if you remember this, tell me because I cracked up and I oh, shared I, it. I should make a highlight reel of yeah. my dank memes you so they don't memes. go away. Shit! It was the sheep. With the black dog. Dude, oh, yeah, I can yeah. so relate to the shepherd dog, like in the middle of all these sheep looking and he's up, going smiling. the opposite direction. Too. Yes. At that's least I like, At least I like to think of myself as that way. And that's everybody listening to your show, by the way. You know... We're all that um, black dog. You know, I think people that um, are very independent in their, in their worldview have stuck with me. But when the yeah. pandemic... I don't even want to call it the pandemic. When the thing they call a pandemic with a 99.9% survival rate, I think, something like that. Yeah. Um, some, some geek would be like, dude, it's actually 99.2. You're fake news. But uh, anyway, when this thing started, you know, I started getting pissed as I found, uh, let's say, discrepancies in the official narrative and all of the livelihoods lost and all of the catastrophe that has been the thing they call COVID mm-hmm. virus. I started being a little more outspoken, a little more on the social and political side because I just could not shut up about it. It's just, yeah. I just can't sit by and watch our civilization be destroyed. 
Um, and I did weed out, you know, inadvertently a lot of people that are, um, I guess, are much more trusting of the official narrative and the corporate media, you know, but you're so right. <laughs> you're so right. I feel like the people that are left in my little social media circle, they get it. We all kind yeah. of, you know, are on the same page of questioning um, the reality that's presented to us. Question everything. Even about you, you know, beyond all conspiracies and everything else, like question who you are, like, who are you really? And I think most people have a hard time with that because they would rather take the program that somebody else usually gives to them, their family, their friends, the teachers, the educators, upload it to their mainframe. And then all of a sudden they live like that for years, dude. So this is very real for a lot of people. The fear, you know, my mom could get sick, my dad, like different people like that have comorbidity or whatever it is. This is so real for them. And when we put ourselves in their shoes, it's like, I get why they're like this. I totally yeah. understand. I can have infinite compassion for somebody that wants to do this all day. Right? But also there's, there's a level of respect in both ways. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I totally hear you yeah. and I see you, brother. And I'm right there with you. Like yeah. that warrior Cali attitude. Like I'm trying to wake up as many people as possible right now. I mean, I'm going to go down fighting. You know what I mean? I might not be right all the time, but I got to be right some of the time. Yeah. You know? And the data, the data has that's, all the details. That's the part that always gets me is the data. And people say, trust the science. I'm like, yeah, I am. And the science is saying, this is all bullshit. <laughs> but anyway, you know. And intuition. Intuition tells you everything. Right. Right away, if yeah. you're if you're silent enough to really listen to it, yeah. it's like, oh, I know what's going on here, and then the, you don't even need the data. It's like you're you're <laughs> the, you just have the information. It's right there. It's like the intuition. Okay, so I can get on a plane with 350 people, and we're all immune as long. <laughs> yeah. Know? Anyway, um, we could go on about that forever. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm, 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 I'll probably lose more listeners as we go. But anyway, it's it, it's worth it, I think, to reach the few that are you know also questioning. Okay, so we had the mentor. Uh, here's the thing that I think is curious, and this is where I, what I alluded to earlier, and that our 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 paths deviated a bit. So I experienced um, my own versions of childhood trauma. I've talked about it a lot on the show. I think it's my greatest gift, really, yes. in the end. You know, because it. I would agree with that. It gave me my own strength eventually, but there was a lot of pain and suffering for me and anyone in my life along the way. My method of coping with the trauma and things that I experienced as a kid was very early on, just fully commit myself to drugs and alcohol and rock and roll, really. Which is perfect. And so I went down that path as yeah. far as you can take it without basically not being in a body anymore uh, and cleaned up my act yeah. uh, when I was 26. But I, I don't get from you, aside from you saying, oh, I experimented a little here and there. You never went like off the deep end and became a full-fledged drug addict or alcoholic in response to yeah. uh, your trauma, did you? Well, I was more angry. Ah, were so you like violent fighter? I dude? wanted to prove through my success how okay. worthy I was to be loved. Okay. So mine was, I'm just going to become a business mogul. Mm. I'm going to collect things, right? And uh, Sage is joining us. And uh, I am going to show the world how cool I am, right? Okay. By collecting people, by collecting money, by collecting things. And uh, it was all to cover up the broken little boy inside of me. And the more I started to work on that version of myself, that's when the true healing started to happen. Got so it. I didn't go down. I, didn't, I went down the alcohol path and the womanization path mm -hmm. like for a long time. Because mom didn't love me, mom left me. So I wanted to show the world that every woman that I would meet, I could get to fall in love with me. 
and it was just surface wow. love. Wow. Right. It was just broken love. And, uh, what really, you know, so I, I went down that path totally. Those were my addictions. Got it. Okay. Right? Sex yeah, addictions. That makes, that makes perfect sense. It's yeah. the, um, the over, the overcompensation of yes. the lack of self-worth. Whereas a guy like me or a kid like me had so much self-loathing and shame and self-hatred that it was like, I never even thought to try to, uh, overcompensate or mask that by being successful. Yeah. I was just like, cool, I'll just completely wreck myself. <laughs> you know? It's like, all right, I'm already a loser. I'm just going to take it full tilt. Yeah. But I, but I do know people um, like you, you yeah. know, that have, I'll, I'm going to prove to the world that I'm lovable yeah. by, I got a Ferrari. I got, I built this business. I have this woman on my arm, et cetera. And I think that's- Which is ultimately similar things, like almost the same, yeah. you know, vibrationally speaking. So when was it that you- were, um, that sounds like through your mentorship that you described earlier, you did some of this early on of starting to align yourself with universal truth principles, yes. the spiritual nature, the metaphysical nature of, of life. But, uh, when was it that you really started getting into and facing and addressing the trauma from your childhood? Yeah. I buried it for a long time, man. I didn't even want to believe that I had it. Right. It was like one of those things where it's like, no, I'm good. I've already forgave him. Like I, when I was six, I prayed to forgive my dad, right? Which was massively healing. Like forgiveness is a huge step in helping heal trauma for sure. So I didn't even recognize that I had it. And there was mother wounds and stuff that I had. I think uh, when I really started to address it would have been, I went through Landmark. Oh, yeah. 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 I went through all the, uh, is it called Esque? coursework, like all the S teachings. Yeah. Yeah. So I went through that and I was probably 24, 25 at the time. Changed my life. Like understanding my story, my narrative, the movie that I'm creating, all that stuff, which was powerful. So I addressed it there. And I actually, at that time, I wrote a letter to the prison because my dad got three life sentences uh, in jail. I wrote a letter to actually ask to let him out early. Wow. So that that was massive. Is he still living? At this time? Yes. Yeah. I want to do like a John Carter thing where I meet him face to face and spend some time with him. I haven't met him since I was like five years old. Wow. He'd be powerful. Have you potentially. Been in, have you been in any form of contact with him? Not since. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's heavy. What about your mom? Mom, occasionally, not in like five years, mm. my biological mom. Mm-hmm. She's, she, uh, I, what I find in this work is that women store it more than men do. So she's embodied a lot of the the stuff. Like she feels terrible. Mm. Um, so I haven't really spent a lot of time with her. I, I haven't felt called to spend time with either one of them. Not from a place of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm anger or resentment or anything like that. But just from a place of, um, I feel like I've had so many uh, monarch and, you know, father figures in my life that have just showed up with divine love. Yeah. And they've yeah. really assisted and supported. And I think when we start to see the world as that, we're not hung up on that one person because right. the whole universe right. shows up in a way that supports you and parents you and, uh, you know, parent, like they're renting you like a pair of them, <laughs> right? So when we look at it that way, it's like, okay, well, That's great. they've indoctrinated me with a lot of my ideas, but what, what would even be a higher idea right now in this moment? And I'm constantly new in the moment. So who's going to show up as that that figure next? How does that spontaneity and living in the moment play out in your 
uh, acuity and skill as an entrepreneur. Yeah, my team. Uh, I give them whiplash a lot. <laughs> I sense that from hanging around you, and it's They're like Phew. it's an amazing the quality idea. and one and one that I share with you to a yeah. degree. But when I'm around you, I'm like, wait, where'd he go? <laughs> and I'm super spontaneous, you know. Yeah, you need an integrator. So in business, somebody who is totally detail oriented, follow through, high on the Colby. Somebody who is an implementer, follow through, fact finder. Right, those are the people that you and I want around us. Because as a visionary, somebody who's aligned, somebody who's you know in the message, you're doing the video. Uh, we need somebody that's that keeps the wheels on the bus. Otherwise, we would just have a bunch of creative ideas. They would never get done. So I learned that long ago, and I surrounded myself with people that are actually really good at getting stuff done, and they love it. They love Excel spreadsheets. They love marketing. They love KPIs, and that stuff puts me to sleep. <laughs> oh my right? god, bro! Yeah. So in business, you know, I think we have a, almost 100 employees at Organifi. And I really try to remove myself as quickly as possible from any role, per se, in any label, period. Not only in Organifi, but in anything in life. I don't like labels. I think they weigh us down. I think sometimes they constrict us. They put chains on us. Because I may have to be somebody completely different tomorrow for you than who I am right now. So... Nice. Yeah. So nice. to long answer short... Find people that keep the wheels on the bus and just be you. Keep being a bigger example of that. Yeah. If you're a tornado, be, a, be become a bigger tornado. I think there's a huge lesson in that. And I, and I got some of this. I'm, I almost guarantee you've done this personality assessment because you mentioned Colby. Have you ever done Strength Finders 2.0? Yeah. yeah. That little book and that little 15-minute personality assessment was so meaningful to mm-hmm. me as a business person because... My whole life, I felt stupid. I couldn't focus. I can't do math. I can't read a yeah. PL. You send me an Excel sheet and I just want to jump off Fall the roof. Asleep. Like, yeah. yeah, I just, it's maddening. Um, and when I did that assessment, you know, the whole premise of that little book is let's find out what your top five strengths are so that you can celebrate those and stop yeah. frustrating yourself trying to do the shit that yep. is not your top five strengths, you know? Yeah. And I think um, that type of self, study and inquiry is so useful because then we can find our unique gift. And rather than for me, like beat myself up because I suck at calendars, times, dates, like then the skill there is to be visionary about finding someone who loves to be. Yeah. And you pump them up, you enroll them, you give them what they need, right? Yeah. Pay them well. Yeah. But I think there's, there's a real gift in, in that lesson is to not try to be good at everything, you know, find the couple yeah. things that you're really good at and just amplify that and celebrate that. And for yeah. those of us like like you and I, and I'm sure so many people listening that have had to really claw our way out of a lot of um, false conceptions about who and what we are because of our childhood experiences, it's even more important than ever. It's like a shortcut, yeah. right? Well, people try to put you in a box. No, you got to be good at math because mom or dad's good at math or you got to be a lawyer because mom or dad's a lawyer. So then they shove that down your throat. And uh, yeah, I think it robs people because we have these uh, incarnate gifts that we have access to always, but we suppress them so long. And people, people don't follow their joy in Western America. They would rather follow money. And I think that's a dying system. I think you're going to see a lot more people. I'm going to do something that makes me happy. I'm going to do something that brings me joy today in the moment. I don't care how much money it brings me. And that was the decision that I made with FitLife TV 11 years ago. It was like, I just want to help people with health. I didn't want anything else. I didn't care about how much money I was going to make. So I just recorded a video every day and I put it on YouTube. 
11 years ago. I was like the OG influencer of YouTube, right? So every day I uploaded a video. Sure enough, first you know, four months, 12 views on each video. I was killing the game, right? <laughs> I text my dad. <laughs> yeah, your hey, cousin. Dad, <laughs> yeah. I got 12 views. You didn't watch it yesterday, you know, 24 <laughs> hours later. And uh, sure enough, it just, it kept growing because of the love, not because of we were, we were trying to get anything, you know? And then it transformed into Organifi later on, but super powerful, man. You got to follow your bliss. You got to follow your joy. And I think when people really get that, it changes not only their biology, but it changes all the different bodies we have, their electric body, their energy, etheric, auric field, all that. Because when you're in joy, when you're entering, like to enjoy is to enter with joy. It changes who you are in every moment of entering any place. And that's infectious. That's the virus we need to be spreading is that joy virus. How much love can I give out? How much joy can I share? That's why when you walk into Organifi, you see a mat that says, uh, be ready for hugs. Like we were in an environment of just a bunch of huggers, right? That connection, <laughs> that community. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. I'm about to drop some information on you that could quite possibly change your life. It's called Organifi Red Juice. And in preparation for the recording of this promo, I just made myself a glass of it. And I was reminded of the fact that Organifi has done something nearly impossible. And that's to take organic superfoods, adaptogens, antioxidant, medicinal mushrooms, all the things I like to get into my diet and actually make it taste delicious um, to the point where I could probably do too much of it if that's a thing. Uh, so Organifi Red Juice is absolutely incredible. And at about two to three bucks a glass, uh, you're saving yourself, I would say, $10 over a fresh pressed juice that you would get at your local juice spot. So here's a couple of the ingredients that are really turning me on at the moment. First one being beets. Beets have been shown to help the body clear out toxins, act as a cardioprotective food and a very powerful food for the brain. They also increase exercise endurance due to the fact that they are loaded with nitrate, which is a natural way to increase nitric oxide in the body. Red juice also has a freeze-dried berry blend with blueberries, acai, pomegranate, raspberry, strawberry, cranberries, and then of course, cordyceps, the medicinal mushroom with incredibly strong adaptogenic qualities. In fact, in 1993, the Chinese women's Olympic track team was accused of being on steroids for their incredible performance. Turns out they were all using cordyceps, real deal. It's, it's an amazing medicinal mushroom. Also includes Siberian ginseng, reishi mushroom, and rhodiola. So the Organifi Red Juice is power-packed. It's delicious and something I like to include in my diet as often as possible. So if you're ready to check it out, as I hope you might be, you can go to Organifi.com slash lifestylist. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi with an I, dot com slash lifestylist. And if you're smart enough to use the code lifestylist, you will save 20% off any item in the store. That's Organifi.com slash lifestylist. Check out the red juice over there. And now back to the interview. What about people... Because I'm a firm believer now, uh, after finally five years ago, kind of arriving professionally at something that I think, A, I have uh, yeah. enough competence. You're in great be, at it. Thank you. To be successful at And also, it's just, it's my core mission here on the planet to alleviate suffering and help uplift 
people to um, to figure it out for themselves. You know? Yeah, point the way, give people some info, empower them to do their thing. Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of people, and myself included, are passionate about something. Right, so we've got the passion. I, you know, I really want to say for me, it was be a musician. Yeah, for a long, long time. Which, which you shred on the guitar, by the way. <laughs> well, thank you, because that's going to counter what I'm about to say. <laughs> and I want to say this, and I don't mean this in a self-deprecating way at all. But I think, just in a humble assessment, I believe it's true to some degree. Um, that was what I was passionate about, and I thought because I was passionate about it, that's what I was here to do. But I'm just not that innately talented at it, okay? Yeah. And this is what I call the American Idol Syndrome. It's like where you have someone on that show oh, for sure. who like they know, capital uh, K, yeah. that th- God put them here to be a pop singer. And they get on the mic in front of the judges and they're like, ah, and they think <laughs> it sounds awesome. Uh-huh. And they're passionate as hell and they believe in themselves but in, in some small way or large, they are deluded and are going to have potentially a heartbreaking and frustrating time trying to be su- successful at choice yeah. A, the thing they're passionate about, because they might have the passion, but they just lack the innate specialized skill in order to make that into a viable career. So yeah. what, what does one do if their passion is like continually kind of hitting them up against a wall and they're unable to turn it into any kind of a livelihood, yeah, meager or grand. Well, when I help people find purpose in their life, I'm looking at a Venn diagram, right? So I look at what brings me joy. I look at what helps other people. And then I look at what makes money. So if it brings me joy, like that's just the first step. What helps other people is a big thing too. And then how do I make money doing this? And if I'm a musician and I haven't made any money because of, <laughs> you know, then there's a good indicator in that Venn diagram that I'm not living in my soul's purpose. So what's going to bring, what's going to bring all three of those together? And currency generally isn't financial currency. The currency is just energy. It's a wave, right? Current. So how am I bringing more love into my life? Money is my own natural energy yield. So bro- broken down is the acronym. So how do I have more of that? And I think a great assessment is asking your friends. You know, Luke, I just sang on the American Idol stage and I'm wondering if you think I got a good voice, Luke. And it's being brutally honest with your friends. You're like, you know what? Uh, I'll give you probably a six and a half out of 10, right? So you could do this your whole life for 30 years, not, not making a living doing it. But if it fills you up so much, then go do it. But you know what? I actually think you're really skilled at this. So it's having that five or six uh, people, you know, whatever, seven people in your life that will give you that honest feedback that allow you to lean into your purpose even more because we all have gifts. But because we're so in our own heads, we're in our own narcissism almost, right? Like you said, like the, I want to be a professional singer. I want to do this. An athlete, same thing. A lot of athletes fall into this. Um, we need to be real. So, and the sooner you get real with that, the better it is because you're just compounding over time, the more you figure out your gift. I mean, I wish I would have figured out that my gift was actually doing videos and helping influence people and help them with their health. Like when I was in my teens, you know, that would have been amazing, but it didn't happen until my late twenties. But am I glad that it happened? Yeah. Cause that's like another day I was born. It's like, I was really came to life. Your purpose will animate you. It will give you energy that you never knew you had, especially when you're doing it for other people. God, that's so true. Yeah. I think about, uh, 
<laughs> podcasting or or speaking on stage. Uh, yeah, dude, I can be in such a crappy mood or stressed out, having anxiety, whatever. Like from the outside, you could look at me and go, "Man, rough day, huh, Luke?" The minute this recorder turns on, dude, I'm just like, "Bing, ding, ding, ding!" My brain starts firing on all cylinders most of the time. Yeah, and I'm I just drop in and like I'm in flow. It's just the weirdest thing. Same yeah. with with speaking on on stages about things that I'm passionate about. That you love, about. you're passionate yeah. about. Yeah. About metaphysics, spirituality, yeah. health, things like that. Um, and I, I think that is a really a, a key indicator is like when you find your gift, you just said you're going to be energized beyond belief and it, yeah. it won't feel like work. And I think the... <laughs> the challenge for some people that do find their gift, like I believe I've found mine and you found yours, is then having the um, the wisdom and the humility to understand that it, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. So how do you attract <clears throat> those people into your life that are going to be supportive of your gift and your mission now that you've uncovered it Yeah, and fill in those gaps that you're still not good at, which for me, like yeah. you, it sounds like would not be looking at the Excel spreadsheet, you know, not at all doing that thing. Yeah. So, you know, th- I'm sure there's a lot of bean counters that have found that their gift and, they and love their it. passion is that. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh my it. God, I love counting the beans. Pour yeah. them on the table, Luke. What do we got? Let me yeah. show you. And then they explain it to no, me and I go, I have no idea so what you're talking joy. about. Yeah. Is, it, is the line black or red? That's what I want to know. You know? <laughs> and it's beautiful. Like the gift that they have is so divinely beautiful to them. Yeah. That it's, I'm in awe. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I've had integrators in the past and, you know, one of my dear friends, brothers, Jamel, uh, CEO of Organifi, like he is so gifted at numbers. I mean, he was literally building drones in aeroscience technology before he came. He would literally walk through a door that says, enter at your own risk. You could get cancer with all the chemicals and everything else of this uh, engineering facility for the, you know, aeroscience. And uh, he's brilliant beyond measure, right? When it comes to math, when it comes to this, and he absolutely loves it. His brain just thinks differently. Yeah. So having those people around you is super, super key. And uh, finding if... So a gift that we all have is helping people find their purpose. That happens to be one of my superpowers. I can see it in a second in somebody. And if they're doing something that they're not supposed to be doing, I pretty much know like right away. That's what makes so, you a great founder yeah. and why you've been able to scale Organifi in yes. the meteoric fashion that you have is yeah. really, I'm sure, applying that to your team. Yeah. And some of it becomes even what we would call supernatural, but it's very natural in the sense that now my team just sends me names of people and they're like, hey, what you're reading on this? And I'll literally, it started as imagination, but then I was proved over and over and over again. It becomes more and more real. Like you can literally see who they worked for, who their past employers were, what they would say about her before you even need to check in with a reference. Wow. Because all the information's in the field. It's all around us. We're light beings. We're electromagnetic beings. So as soon as we get quiet and still enough, we have information that's there, access to it. So it's bringing that in as a aligned visionary or what we would call a corporate mystic almost, you know? That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Allison has that ability. You know, I want to say everyone has that ability. I think some people have cultivated it more than others perhaps, you know, Uh, but that's something I would like to, to have more of too, even as a longtime meditator and someone who's definitely aware of the non-physical realms. um, 
I get blindsided a lot still, especially in business and hiring people and yeah. things like that. I'm just like, what? I thought they were going to be great. And it's just like, nope, worst hire ever. You know, <laughs> it's just, I hope they're not listening. <laughs> you know, they're probably not. Um, but yeah, that, that is a real, a real skill to be able to find someone's unique ability and um, put them in the right seat on the bus. Yes. Um, Something I want to cover with you is this. I thought of this because you're one of my peers, you know, you're a few years younger than I, but you're a really materially successful guy. You got a huge home here in Sedona. You've got a hundred employees. I mean, you're probably making some cheddar. Okay. I could be wrong. You could be like, you know, a million dollars in debt. I have no idea. But you seem to be a successful guy. You have all the toys and accoutrement of someone who has figured out the material plane in that way. Yeah. Um, as I would like to more myself, yeah. actually. Um, so there's a number of different directions I want to go with this. But one that keeps coming to mind based on feedback from listeners and people that interact with me on social media is... When people look at, uh, you know, a guy like me or a guy like you, for example, and have all these biohacking toys and things, right? You got the $5,000 juve red light thing, the $20,000 float tank, the hyperbaric thing, you know, all the things. And I always say, hey, you don't need any of that shit to yeah. be healthy. You just need to get back in nature and rewild yourself. Exactly. You don't need Stare that. Stare into the sun for a few days. Yeah, right? But if, you, if, if one does, just say those are the toys that they like, which I guess people that listen yeah. to my stuff, those are their, their goals. I'm not the Ferrari guy. I'm the give me a float tank in my garage guy. <laughs> I'll take that over the Ferrari any day. Um, I'm fine with you know, a few-year-old yeah. car. There's like, different guys. Yeah. But the, the point I'm getting to um, very slowly is you know, people will reach out to me and be like, oh, you know, being healthy is like a rich man's game or rich person's game. And like, I'll never be able to have that stuff. And, you know, this sort of like defeatist um, scarcity thinking slash envious, jelly, jealous kind of... um, I like jelly. Jelly. (laughs) You totes jelly. Uh, (laughs) You know, resentful at those that have figured out the material plane game. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Do you have a lot of those? Yeah. here and there, someone yeah. will pop in with that. And, and I empathize with that yeah. because it's been a long, hard road for me to just yeah. have some mastery over my finances. And I'm, I'm starting to achieve a little more success now. Not what I would like to have just in terms yeah. of my security and whatnot. Uh, but for a long time, I was in debt. I had no respect for money as a currency. Yeah, I just run up my credit cards. I, I was $100,000 in credit card debt yeah. for probably over 15 years and I could not get out from under it because I kept debting. I'm like, I'm going to Brazil with what money? Credit card balance. I mean, this is how fucked up I was. I used to look at my available credit as cash flow. Like that was like, that was my net worth (laughs) was like how much a bank Uh was willing to lend me at 29%. Right. Um, So the money game was very hard earned and I really had to start working on that and being disciplined and being more of a steward of currency and that energy, having more respect for it. But to my point and my very long-winded question, um, I really had to start working on my underlying sense of deservedness, Mm. worthiness, Uh that I am a guy that can have a $5,000 sauna, that I am a guy that can, you know, someday buy my own home or have this car or sit in business class or whatever things I've been able to do for myself with God's help um, over the years. But it's been a real struggle for me to just feel like I can be one of those people over there that seems to have it figured out too. Yeah. So what would you share with someone who feels like 
they don't have the DNA to ever get their head above water and achieve you know, the financial success or even security that they might desire uh, that feels broken or dumb or not talented enough or mm-hmm. artistic enough. And that look at those people on the other side with kind of a, you know, a mild hostility, yeah. if not worse. I could talk for years about this. I sense that. I love this topic because, you know, mom, janitor, three jobs growing up, dad, truck driver, no wealth frequency at all. Together, they made like 35 grand a year growing up as a kid, which was nothing, right? My mom would like cut cardboard inserts for her shoes just so she could buy us Christmas gifts. And even before that, my, uh, my biological parents, I'd have like macaroni and cheese and hot dogs, like welfare, you know, growing up, that kind of stuff. The welfare cheese, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not really cheese. Yeah, the giant yeah, the brick. Velveeta bricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've done a lot of detoxing to get that out of my body. Um, and what I've talking about detox, um, there's something that's really stuck with me in my life. And it's realizing, if you guys get this, if anybody gets this, it'll radically shift your entire life. But it's hard to embody this. This is one of the biggest things that most people will never embody in this earth plane. And it's why you will continue to be, you'll have scarcity. It's why you'll continue to you know, live with credit and have debt and not be able to afford what you really want to afford. So here it is. And it's so simple. The universe is mental. The universe is mental. And what do I mean by that? I mean, the fourth dimension is the mental realm. So anything I create here is created here. So I have to create it here first before it shows up here. So before I was ever rich in reality, I was rich here. I poured so much light, so much knowledge, so much knowing into my brain, the six inches between my brain, the greatest real estate on the planet, right right here, that said, you know what, Drew, you're enough. Luke, you're a king. You deserve to have a house. You know what, Luke, you deserve to have all this biohacking. Like you're a child of God. What you touch turns to gold, right? Everything you do, you're helping other people. Like, isn't that enough to, to reap what you sow. Like you're a cheerful giver. You're such a cheerful giver, dude. I rarely have somebody come to my house and actually bring me a gift. You've done it twice now. You gave me this beautiful crystal, right? And it was so heartfelt. You, uh, you gave me some steaks from Belcampo today, which my love language is definitely food. So thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, blessed are the cheerful givers, right? It'll be pressed down, overflowed, shaken up and given back tenfold. So I've realized, number one, the universe is mental. Number two, the universe is a game. I live in a game. This is just a simulation. This is just a movie. So why would I ever be attached to the monopoly money on the board? I'm not attached to money, right? Which is why I'll stroke a $100 tip for a waitress where my meal's like 10 bucks. Or I'll do random things where I'll buy somebody you know, a car or something like that. Like ridiculous stuff. I'm always pressing my wealth edge, I call it. Because it's a fucking game, dude. And the more you stretch yourself like you do physically, you stretch yourself financially, it has to show up. It always comes back to you. There's no way you will ever outgive yourself. It's, this is a law. There's no way in hell you will ever outgive yourself. But it's your unconscious mind that sabotages you. 
So number one, the universe is mental. Number two, it's just a giant game. You could meditate for 40 years. You could chant for 40 years. But if you want samadhi, you want fucking samadhi. And I'm using the F word because I get fired up about this. Every single day, look at the world as if you're a trickster. And this is just a game. There's nothing to lose. There's nothing to risk, right? It's why ultra rich people that come from nothing uh, get really wealthy really quick. It's because there's no resistance. Because we want, we resist. Because we believe we should have, we push it away. You already have it. You're already, even doing these podcasts, dude, like most people that do podcasts, they want to sit in this uh, misconception of, you know what? I need to have 100 million views this year, 100 million downloads. When I get there, and the get there is the trap because you're already there. There's no such thing as linear time. It's this illusion that we've created as humanity. So the spiritual law is present every, so number one, mental, number two, trickster, number three, present every opportunity as if you've already done it. And the fourth thing added to that, which would be a sub A letter for the linear thinkers out there that are following me on a little graph sheet, right? Because my brain doesn't think like this. I'm struggling over here. Is celebrate as if it's done. You celebrate. You enter every room as if it's a celebration or the last or first party you'll ever see in your life. You dance with the strangers that you meet. You sing to the strangers in Whole Foods because it's just you, right? Your, vi- your body starts vibrating on a whole nother level. Human beings feel that. You are a magnet. You are a battery, right? And when you get the polarity, when you get that field correct, money will come into you like a tidal wave. Most people have no idea how to get their field correct. So they're walking around with broken energy and the broken energy from the field creates the broken thinking. Thinking creates the broken physical reality. I'm fucking broke, right? Your self-worth is a direct reflection of how much money's in your bank account. So when you get that, you start pouring into the mental realm and you do it at first. And it sounds hokey and it sounds weird, but I'm abundant. I am rich. I am successful. I am... Uh, powerful beyond measure. You know, whatever it is for you, money is coming in now. I decree and declare that a $10,000 check, whatever it is for you, is going to show up unexpectedly in the next 24 hours. And you believe it. And eventually the belief becomes knowing. And that's when the whole universe opens up. You have more money than you'll know what to deal with. You'll have people sending you free biohacking shit, which you already have, right? <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Right? I am a testament to that yeah. manifestation. Yeah. yeah. And the money is just a byproduct of your energy, my own natural energy yield. You're changing hundreds of thousands of people's lives on this podcast. Isn't there a reward for that? Everybody should be rewarded because the more you're rewarded, the more you can give. That's the secret. That's, that's amazing. And, th- and think, oh God, there's so many things in there, but um, <laughs> for, for some of us that have clawed our way out of the crab bucket, which I have, you know, you and I both um, have, there's kind of sometimes also a survivor's guilt yeah. phenomenon, right? Even now, sometimes I find myself wanting to look small, play small, not celebrate some of the, yeah. the modest you know, financial or material success that I'm achieving because it's like, I feel bad for the people that, that haven't had it yet or yeah. that God, like I get all this free stuff, like you yep. mentioned, right? Which happens a lot of the time. And I'm so grateful for that. And I feel like, oh God, I can't even share this with people because I'm going to feel guilty because it didn't happen for them. Yes. But then again, they haven't done 350 three-hour podcasts, you know, yeah. or done whatever energetically I've put out into the the space of consciousness to have that reciprocity come flow back in my life where people are like, here, have a bunch of free stuff. 
Um, but what about that that phenomenon of kind of survivor's guilt or, or guilt success when you when you weren't born with it? Yeah, I think tracing it back for me has been helpful. So I don't know if you noticed or not, but when you were talking about survival's guilt, your left leg twitched a little bit. Oh shit! So left side mom generally. So female, female side of the body, which tells me that it's generally something that your mother impressed upon you, right? And the mother, like that's just your that's just your indoctrination in the field of the experience that we call your reality now, and that's all in the past. So the only thing that exists is here, and if you make your mind up that you are a king that you deserve, you know, pressed down, overflows, shaken beyond measure, tidal waves of money coming into you right now. Um, that's going to happen for you. But that the power of the belief and knowing is hard to get to. So tracing it back, understanding, you know, what is it about my mom? I'm not saying that's it, but that's just my reading in the moment. What is it about my dad that impressed upon me in this? And how is that a false concept? And if I could control or delete that, because everything's a program, right? The universe is mental. The program is coded with mental realm. What thought, what idea could I uh, over implant that with or upgrade, we could call it, right? What's a better thought? And then you get a better thought. Well, uh, you know, I have downloaded 356,000 hours. People have listened to my podcast forever, right? Like that's a long time. And I deserve to be compensated for that. What's a better thought than that, right? And then eventually you get to this place of, I don't have to do anything to be deserving of anything. Simply because I'm breathing, simply because I'm here simply because I am the multidimensional human that I am created in the image and the likeness. I am deserving and I am worthy. And when the world gets that, that's a whole nother game, dude. Because then you don't even need anything material. You'll be literally pulling it out of the fifth dimension. (laughs) We're going deep down the conspiracy rabbit hole on that one. (laughs) No, I mean, this is... This is the truth. You know, I'm thinking, yeah. I'm reflecting as you you share this, which is such good information, exactly what I wanted to share with people. It's yeah. not something I talk about, you know, on my solo cast or yeah. things like that much. Um, and I also, I don't know, I haven't really been inspired to talk too much about this other than a couple episodes on uh, manifestation and things yeah. like that. But in thinking about how much things have changed for me over the years of adopting some of these paradigm shifting ways of viewing myself and my life experience. I was thinking back to um, some of my vision boards. Yes. I was talking about this actually with Jim Hart over here at um, BioCybernaut. Such a cool place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rad, rad rad guy. I went through there in 2015. Yeah, and I I was reminded like, oh, I need to keep doing this. It's amazing. But uh, as you were talking, I just thought back to a few short years ago. I think it was around the time I started my podcast. I, I used to uh, type up on pieces of printer paper, just goals and affirmations and yeah. things like that. I put them on the wall or I put them on my vision board. And one of them was, um, you know, I have a net income of $20,000 a month. And I used to stare at that and I, and a voice in my head would be like, uh, who are you kidding? Like, you, you can't have that. Seriously. <laughs> and they're like, no, yes, this has happened. You know, all the things that are many of the things that you alluded to. Like, I deserve this in one realm of reality. This has already happened, et cetera. But it's still, there was that little voice that was like, yeah, yeah, but you're still fooling yourself. Uh, and I think back on that sometimes now, and it's like $20,000 a month. I sold myself so short. Like, yeah. that was so easy. Because it keeps going up. Yeah, it was so easy to do that in a sense. I mean, it wasn't, but it wasn't. Yeah. There was hard work, inner and outer. But I think back like, God, man, it, when it comes to people listening, 
don't sell yourself short and make your goals. Not that they have to be monetary, but whatever your goals are, like you can be so much bigger than you think you can, you know? And that's just that that's a monetary example, but you could say even in my relationship now, I'm, I'm in such a fulfilling, beautiful, healthy, loving relationship. Yeah. I could have never even conceived that this was possible for me or that I deserved it or there was a person out there that could meet me there. Uh, and there she is. You know, the more I started feeling deserving of it and stretched yeah, my... Yeah, she's so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. But just, you know, I guess it's just a lesson in like, go bigger than you think you can or deserve, you know, because whatever your, your minimum is in terms of manifestation, Double it. yeah, Triple you're going to like meet that minimum and then be like, God damn it. I should have asked for yeah. more. You know, it's like if you ask Santa Claus for, you know, this gift and it just comes so easily, it's almost as like, oh man, I could have asked for more the whole time and I didn't know. Yeah. And that reminds me, I'm glad you said that because there's been points along my journey I, ha- I do shower notes. So in the shower, I have this waterproof sticky note thing that I write how much money I want to make, goals, relationship, all this other stuff. And over time, I've seen that exponentially increase. And I just continue to do it, continue to do it. And it's worked really, really well for me to impress it upon my subconscious. So I think that's the biggest thing with money, goals, anything else is we got to get the unconscious moving in the right direction. And the unconscious is the elephant. The monkey mind, the monkey riding the elephant, like in the ancient texts, is your thinking brain, right? So how do we get the unconscious to move? I'm a very visual person. So even in the beginning of my money journey, I would leave money all over my house so that I was impressing upon my subconscious that money's everywhere, right? I would lay $20 bills, $100 bills, green candles. I mean, I went all occult, mystic, like crazy, right? (laughs) (laughs) This was like 11 years ago. And everywhere I'd go, every time I'd look at the money, I would say, money's everywhere. It's so easy. Money's everywhere. Because I had a belief. My mom taught me at a young age that money doesn't grow on trees. You know, Attorneys are bad. Doctors are bad because they have money. right? And that we don't want money because it's more responsibility. Like all these false lies. And we've been indoctrinated with those lies. And they keep us small. They keep us back from that. But we got to get the unconscious to move. So leaving it all over your house. Self-hypnosis is another thing that I love. So I recorded my voice talking to myself and I put myself in a theta state before I'd go to bed telling myself that I was abundant. And I would open up a dream, lucid dream portal to where it was like, now I'm standing in a room and I'm with all these uh, affluent people, people speaking five different languages, like educated, affluent, understanding business. And as I would drift off into theta state, I would implant myself with the sound of my own voice as a self-hypnosis trick that I used like 11 years ago. So self-hypnosis and then any frequency that you're after in this universe, because everything is frequency, is created collectively by the group, right? And I'm just rolling. I don't even know what I'm about to say. Good. Keep going. I love it. Yeah, it's created collectively by the group. And the human, as you know, is a giant crystalline figure, blood broken down, crystal epitope, creating energy, right? Creating a field. So when I'm around five people that are broadcasting the field of love, secure attachment, not avoidant, not anxious, right? They're all secure people. Naturally, my field is plucking information out of their energetic fields and creating my field whole. Everything is mental. All of a sudden, I start to have thoughts of theirs, you know, that I'm thinking, hey, relationships are easy. It's secure. I don't have to be jealous anymore, whatever the relationship stuff is. Same goes financial. Financially, there's just a wealth frequency. And once you tap into it, you can spot a person across the room. And I know you've done this before where it's like, that person has money. And they could be wearing a t-shirt and have chucks on but you just know it. You're like, hey, that person's vibrating at a high wealth frequency and it's intuitive. 
It creates a sense of safety. It creates a sense of self-worth. So that third part of that would be surrounding yourself with anybody that you're trying to get in this world. That's like the ultimate life hack because the, you're the average of your five friends is really true. And it's the energy, it's the frequency, it's the grid that they make together that you're actually plucking information out of to acquire and put in your energetic field because we're just all frequency. Great point. Uh, the mastermind principle. Yeah. You know, speaking of Napoleon, Napoleon Hill. Hill. Yeah. Uh, for those listening that identify and understand that principle that you're the sum total of the five people you hang out around with. And if you're looking for career, success, finding your purpose, material, wealth, all of that, uh, what would you tell someone whose five best friends are real great people, lovely yeah. people, but are in a scarcity limited mindset and are not successful in the ways that that person seeks to be themselves? Then I would say fire those people. Mm. Yeah, it's hard. The same goes with abusive relationships or people that don't have... Who they're surrounding themselves with is eventually who you become. It's who you're surrounding yourself with and the books that you read, right? We've all heard that. So whatever you're doing in the moment, the present you, the future you will eventually show up. So I'm paying myself every day for that future aspect of myself. Am I in the eternal now? I'm trying to be most of the time. Most of the time I'm not yet, right? Because I'm still here. Um, but the average of your five friends, the books that you read, and if those five friends are bringing you down, they're Debbie Downers, their energy's not high where you want it to be, and you got to make some tough decisions. If you look at Dolt's Pyramid, which is the Pyramid of Transformation, right? NLP, it's this pyramid. On the bottom of it, it says environment. Your environment dictates epigenetically. We know this, right? Your environment changes your DNA. Your environment of your friends changes your, uh, where you're going to be in life, period. So seek those people out. There's a reason I'm hanging out with you, right? Because I, I look up to you as a brother, as a friend, somebody who has done the work, right? And I feel that. So I want to be around that. You're magnetic. And when people want to, want to change their life, it's all about surrounding yourself with people in whatever way you want to go. And it's hard. You got to have tough conversations. I've had to break up with my boys several times in my life. Right? The first time they were all gamers and they weren't really doing much. The second time it was we were drinking every weekend in the bar together. Right? And now I'm just constantly evolving who I'm around. Every time we become better as humans, our circle becomes better too. We're upgrading everybody else around us. So enter every situation is how can I make this person's life better? And eventually you'll have people around you that are constantly making your life better where they're blowing your expectations of who you thought you could be. You're living in a, you're living in a real life vision board and that's the game of life. And you win every day, which is a great book, by the way, Florence Shin, Game of Life, How to Win. Powerful. If you haven't read that, written again in the early 1920s oh, wow. by a female like that just absolutely crushed it. Like the information's there. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Did that help? Did that answer your question? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. You got to yeah, have the really tough talks. A valuable, valuable information. And um, it brings to mind that the principle of not wanting to be the smartest one in the room. Yeah. You know, I think early in my journey as I really started to identify the value in service, especially in recovery. I mean, that's, that's the only thing that really changed my life was starting to identify how pathologically selfish and self-centered I was yeah, and to start to surrender and relinquish that selfishness in service of others. Uh, and also in, in um, just uh, mentoring people and coaching and things yeah. like that. Um, there was a certain point at which I realized like, huh, like I'm still, I have the most altitude here <laughs> in the room, you know, for a long time. And there's, yeah. there's kind of, um, 
there's a temptation, uh, an egoic element to that because everyone comes to you as the yeah. expert or oh, the sponsor, the ego loves it. right? And so there's this kind of complacency in that. Like, all right, I'm, I have totally. my shit together more than anyone in our little peer group. I'm the king homie. Uh, and then at a certain point, thankfully, I think through um, some self-awareness, I started to see like, huh, you know, God bless these cats, love all these guys, but where's the person that I'm looking up to? Yeah. And that I'm going like, damn, that's inspiring. I'm going to follow in their footsteps, you know, yeah. and people that I can learn from in my, in my um, you know, inner circle and things like that. And it's still kind of a work in progress. And I think that's one of the things that's been great about getting to know you here is just like, yeah. man, here's someone who's really inspiring, doing some cool shit, has overcome immense challenges and is just continuing to uh, better themselves and to, you know, have their eye on service while also expanding their own reality, you know, yeah. and, and Thank you know, you, giving to yourself and loving yourself as well as other people. And I think that that's, um, it's a really important stage, you know, is to find that balance of service to self. It, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if it's balanced with service to others and, and in there somewhere, maybe yeah. we find that peer group that is nudging us a bit like, come on, man, that's all you got. Like, we know you have more in you. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's such such a good lesson, you know, um, and, that, and that piece of being the smartest guy in the room. You know, or at least you think you are, but being yeah. like the leader of men kind of role. Biggest a, trap. It is a trap. Especially in business. Mm -hmm. You want to be the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> right. With the, you want to be the dumbest person in the room with the most trust. Right? Nice. nice. Yeah, because if you can trust, if you can get over yourself and you can enable another person to make decisions on their own and uh, you can believe in their decision, like wholeheartedly believe in them and they feel that, that's the most powerful force in the universe. You could, you could build an infinite number of businesses and you'll, you'll very rarely fail. People need to, to feel that. They need to, to know that they're believed in, that uh, they are powerful beyond measure. And when you can witness another human being like that, like we had talked about, you know, it's powerful, man. So yeah, being in a circle that does that for you like that'll elevate you to the moon. You have more energy than you know what to deal with. The problem is, is most people are around a bunch of energetic vampires and they're getting sucked dry all day and they don't even know it. So it shows up of lack of energy. You know, even some blood tests look a little wrong here and there. Eventually it creates disease because they're in resentment. Their soul's in resentment. I'm not living my soul's calling. I'm hanging around with people that are bringing me down. Your soul's screaming inside of you. You're getting headaches every day and you're wondering why. That's why. Yeah, change your environment, change your life. Uh, speaking of energetic vampires, <laughs> the, 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 it brings to mind the groupie phenomenon, and that is, you know, as someone becomes a beacon of light, uh, of light, or has, yeah, um, you know, the symbols of success, there is a propensity for people with uh, vampiric energy to gravitate toward those oh, people to try to get something. As you've become successful at business and at life. Have you had to learn how to have discernment about what someone's motives are that wants to be close to you? Um, I think that's definitely something that you get, like discernment with that. Uh, number two, you create boundaries and shields of not allowing you to go there. So the universe is mental. So everything in the universe is a mirror for your own consciousness. So whoever your group is of listeners, those are actually a collective consciousness of you, Luke's story, right? So if you're getting people that are writing in and they're getting all groupy-like, 
and th- there's nothing against this, but it's just something in your, your mind because the universe is mental that's actually creating this, right? I get trolls every once in a while and I'm like, all right, how did Drew create this today? Let's look at this, right? What personality aspect do I have that really is feeding into my ego or feeding into the needy ego, more importantly? Where do I need that, right? So I'm getting the opposite of it. I'm resisting it, so I'm getting the opposite of it. So when I realize that and I remove Drew, the limited Drew, I'm talking about the identity of Drew mm-hmm. from being the CEO, being the entrepreneur, all the labels that come with it, right? When I am just a guy that's here to help people, that's fueled by source, I'm just a vessel in the hand of God, right? Then all the temptation for those people to show up, it just simply fades away. I don't even notice it. Like it's not even there for me. It's not even in my field. And the same goes for relationship stuff, right? I've been in relationships in the past where I'll broadcast a frequency of, hey, I'm, I'm in a relationship, but I'm open or I'm like at least entertaining the idea. I would never cheat but I'm open to the idea of emotionally having a conversation or something to see what could come up. And as soon as we shut that down, as you know, you've probably witnessed this with Allison. It's like those, the women that would normally show up never, it's not even a thing. Totally. Cause there's so no, true. we're no longer broadcasting that energy. So true. So does that make sense? Yeah. Does that answer the it. question? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. It's good stuff. I could do this forever. <laughs> I know. Uh, but from what I understand, we got some burritos to eat across town pretty soon. We do. But yeah. they're keto and they're carb-free and sugar-free. And- <laughs> I've been, I never have to look at the time when we record, but it is six yeah. o'clock. And you know, I don't want to keep our, uh, our fellow attendees waiting. So I think I'm going to start to wrap this up. But I'm so glad that we're able to have this conversation and cover a lot of uh, topics in a way that I haven't before. It's really cool. I, I had a bunch of notes here and I did cover... Uh, some of those, uh, you know, in a, in a more concrete way, but I love just how this flowed into, too. you know, into the success element yeah. and, and, um, and also defining what your success is. You know, I think that's important too. It's for some people, they have a vision of success as being, um, something that they can show people on the outside. And, and many of us, I think, discovered that the success is you wake up in the morning, look yourself in the mirror and you're like, I love you, dude. If you got and that. that's it. Yeah, that's You've it. won the game. That's the biggest battle. Yeah. 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 The person looking back in the mirror. Yeah. That's There's funny a great poem. I, I was doing a, uh, save that poem, but I just, yeah. I want to just cop to something. I was doing an Instagram live earlier out at, after I did a, a cold plunge in your 40 degree pool out there. Is it, it probably is 40 right now. Yeah. It's it? cold as shit. Yeah. I did. I was going to go in your did ice you dive bath. in? No, I do not. I'm not a diver. I went with uh, Troy Casey the other day up to Oak Creek and, you know, he's That guy's on. crazy. He's full on. He's yeah. just like, ah! He just dived head first in the river. I'm like, cool. I thought I was hardcore. But yeah, I don't like getting my head underwater in yeah. that way and freezing water. But anyway, I was out there um, hanging out, had a wonderful time while you and Allison were recording. And then I was doing a live and I was looking at the, the mask that we call Luke's story. I was looking at my face and I was having all these self-deprecating, like self-hate thoughts of like, oh my God, I look so bald. I look so wrinkled. I look old as fuck. And I caught myself and I was like, wow, God, imagine how many times I have a day on some days or perhaps at the certain vantage point in a camera or mirror, I'm actually having those thoughts about myself, you know? And it was, yeah. really, it was really telling. I thought, wow, that's incredible. After all of these years of all of this work that there's still some little thread in there that is basing my value on what 
a thing that's not even me being this body yeah. looks like. So true. You know what I mean? So true. So going back to the inner success, to me, like a great metric of success would be like, look at yourself in the mirror naked and be like, you're fucking awesome. Yeah. You're perfect. You're, you're perfect just the way you are in your, in your brilliant imperfection. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so, so powerful, man. Yeah. Be kind. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. That's one of the biggest battles. I go through it, you know, looking in the mirror, doing that. Oh, look at all these gray hairs, everything. Losing yeah. my shit, man. That but said, I'm still going to biohack the hell out of this body and, you know, <laughs> preserve it. It's, I it. had all my biohacks ready for you. I had a list and we ended up talking about metaphysics and spirituality, hey, which I love. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I mean, you know, the physical stuff, it's novel, it's fun. And I covered on the show because I think for a lot of people where they are on the yeah. journey, having the vitality in their physical vessel is really important. But man... The only reason we do all the biohacks is just to get the feeling that we're talking about inside. Yeah, it's all belief. It's all information in the program that we're putting into it. Every biohack that we have, it's not as powerful as our thoughts about the biohack. The placebo is so much more powerful. Yeah. I had this, uh, this, I don't know if it was my imagination or what, but I got on an airplane once and I looked around and for a moment, I swear... Every human being I looked at had like one person had blue skin. This person had like gold colored skin. And I saw their alien suits underneath their physical 3D identity bodies. And I was like, holy shit, there's some goofy motherfuckers in here, right? <laughs> like these just look goofy. And I laughed at myself because as a human being, we take ourselves so serious. Yeah. The way we look, you know, the way our hair is, the way we're, where we have to be so perfect. But that's all conditioning. If we really knew what was inside of us, we would laugh at ourselves every single day. Anytime we would go down that path, we, it would just crack us up. Like we that. would roll into laughter, dude. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. You know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that right now. <laughs> Look, you silly bastard. All right. Um, I got one last question for you. Yes. And that is, who are three teachers or teachings yeah. that have influenced your life that you might share with the audience? Yeah, we talked about the universe being mental. There was a book I read a while ago and one of my... Uh, mentors recommended it to me, Jim Fortin. And uh, the book was called The Kybalion. And it's an ancient hermetic text, so hermetic teaching. And it goes through universal laws, super powerful stuff. So I would say that is uh, incredibly powerful for anybody getting started on the journey, right? When the whole world wakes up and everybody's a metaphysician or a mystic, oh, super powerful. Bring it on. Um, number two, I would say you know, we talked, all, and, and I, I'm catering this towards the conversation that you and I had. So we talked about money because there's a million books, right? Every book's 20 years of somebody's life. There's so much value into it. When you approach every book as if you're interviewing that person for the first time, uh, it's super powerful. So Science of Getting Rich, not Think and Grow Rich. Oh, Maxwell? By Wallace Waddles. Oh, Wallace Waddles. Yep. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I used to listen to that audio book. So powerful. That'll yeah. change your life. Yeah. It'll change your frequency around money. Um, there's so many gems, you guys. And you mentioned the last one, Maxwell Maltz, which is psychocybernetics. Yes. Because we did touch base at the end of this yeah. interview around looks, around how we perceive ourselves, our image. So psychocybernetics will blow your mind. It'll change your life. Those three books, if you read those three books every day for the next year, you just keep rereading them, you'll become a different human being. Over and Such over and over. Such a good reminder. Those yeah. were some of the early, and I still have them in my iTunes, actually. I just, yeah. now I just, you know, listen to podcasts and Spotify and stuff. But um, yeah, um, Maxwell Maltz, both of those books were ones that Cookie. were huge needle movers for me and, um, and with the Napoleon mm -hmm. Hill. But that's, a, that's great advice to go back to Napoleon those. Napoleon Hill's and, great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you His ever hear outwitting the devil too is good? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever hear the lectures, the Napoleon Hill lectures? They recorded him, I guess, toward the end of his life. And he would do these, uh, no. you know, these lectures for hundreds of people. No. And it's him talking and just like riffing so on good. his teachings. Yeah. And I actually He have, was a channel man. I have, yeah, for sure. And you I, have them? I have those in, uh, in my iTunes folder somewhere. Yeah. We need to find yeah, those. Yeah, Napoleon Hill Lectures. You can, you can um, find them on YouTube. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of them as well. But man, those are super powerful because he's just... You know, he's just talking in his everyday language and they're yeah. super powerful, very impactful. Yeah. You know what I like lately is I've been diving into Gene Keys, Richard Rudd. It's like oh, the poetry of your soul, cool. essentially. So we talked a little bit about, um, you know, the different tests we can take to understand ourselves, mm-hmm. know, know thyself even more. Mm-hmm. Gene Keys is powerful. You go wow. there and uh, yeah, it just tells you a little bit more about who you are. Like human design. I love human design. I've been studying it for years. But those two together, human design, pull your chart, look at what you are, see if it makes any sense. And then uh, Gene Keys, it'll, it'll change your life. And there's so many good audios actually. So talk about transmission, like a living transmission of love. You go on SoundCloud, you type in Richard Rudd or Gene Keys. Mm-hmm. There's uh, some powerful stuff. I think one called is The Great Change. And he's actually talking, he's got this beautiful British voice and he's like talking you through the change of like what's happening right now and how the world's waking up. And it's just like, it's, uh, it puts you in a trance and it makes you feel such peace. That's another, I can send you the link for the people listening. I think they would Sweet. take that. Sweet, we'll put it yeah. all in the show notes. Everything we talked about, you guys, yeah. you can get on the show notes. And of course, Organifi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what's your favorite product? Just um, so I know. I mean, honestly... I have to say the green powder, dude. The green. I mean, That's I have my yeah. I have my phases of like drinking the gold all the time, the Organifi Gold, because you can make all kinds of different stuff out yeah. of it. Uh, the red juice through Greenfield. Then you discovered the new marinade with the red yeah. juice powder, which is amazing. But out of all the green powders out there, um, and I've tried many of them, and there's some there's some good ones uh, who will remain unnamed in the context yeah. of this conversation. Uh, I think yours is the most palatable and easy to mix, just easy to get down. Yeah. And so, yeah, that. But you guys have like the turmeric capsules and like the prebiotic. I don't know. Like at some point I was getting boxes full of Organifi stuff and I, I still yeah. have a lot of it. I can't even keep up with it. Well, we would love to to be back on the show too. I know you've been talking That's to Anna. Happen. So we'll do it. Maybe it will by the time Good this stuff. happens. We're in but, Sedona. Miracles happen like just like this. this you have a thought and all of a sudden it happens. This is true. And on that note, um, you know, speaking of Organifi, thank you for making products that aren't shit, dude. There's a lot yeah. of stuff. You go into Whole Foods and go in the superfood and herb section and because I've been into this stuff for so long, I'm pretty yeah. discerning and look at an ingredient deck and you're like, no, 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 no. They snuck that in there. You know, people cut corners all with excipients and fillers and all kinds of swaggy stuff. So I remember when I first found you guys, I think, which was from Shauna probably hitting me yeah, up to do Shana ads on Moda. the show. Um, you know, I was very scrutinizing like I always am. I'm like, God damn it. These guys actually did it right. So thank you for your um, integrity as a thank business you, owner and not cutting corners and giving stuff that's really going to help people. Yeah, if I wouldn't give it to my mom and dad or the people that I love the most, why would I ever give it to another human being? Yeah, tell right? Coca-Cola that. <laughs> For real. No, Tyson I mean, chicken, most, you know, most people, if I can sell it and not have to teach you anything and it's, you know, making me money, eh, making money from this, you know, then I'll just continue to sell it. Yeah. I'll poison you um, dude, and so, I'll make money on it. Like that's how uh, perverse man, brutal. some of the dark forces on the planet right now. But that's yeah. all shiftly. That's all quickly shifting. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so links, Organifi yeah. with an I. With an I. Dot yep. com. Organifi.com. Yeah. And then are you still doing very active with the Fit Life TV? Not so much anymore. Okay. I occasionally do some YouTube videos, but I am launching a podcast. Oh, yeah. That's yep. right. Do you have a name for it yet? Drew and you. So Drew it's all you? about you. And we're cool. going to dive deep. You're going to be on the show. You just don't okay. know it yet. Your future self. Let's do it. Come to Austin. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, you know, I'm debating on like potentially living in Austin a little bit too. All of us I've are. heard good things. We'll see. I don't know. I might end up there. Might not. We, yeah. It's a 50-50 decision with the, with the uh, lady over yeah, there. Yeah, it's so, important. You know, we you both, have a medicine woman. Yeah. A, you know, a wise yeah, and tapped very in. tapped in one. So, you know, I'll, I'll follow Me her too. lead on that. I need to ask mine too. It's hard to leave California, to be honest, man. I mean, you know, it's a love-hate relationship. 31 years. Yeah, me too. I mean, I've lived most of my 50 years in in California at large, but in Southern California, 31. And uh, yeah, it's a weird weird divorce that's about to happen. Uh, Anyway, um, what about social media? We can find you on Instagram. Drew Canoli. Yeah, Instagram and Facebook. Drew Canoli. Okay. And uh, YouTube, I believe. All right, dude. Drew Canoli. Let's go. Thanks for uh, having stuff, me on. Thank you, man. Let's go stuff our face with Mexican food. And, Let's go. And thank you again for your hospitality and friendship. Much yes. appreciated. Thank you, brother. Yep. Thanks for being in Sedona. Yep. Thanks for Cookie. <laughs> the co-host finally made her appearance. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling uh, very inspired and uplifted after this conversation with Drew Canoli. I can only assume that is also your shared experience. If you heard some things mentioned in this conversation that you'd like to go back and review, don't forget that you can get complete show notes delivered to your inbox every week, complete with a link to the complete transcripts of every word spoken in every single episode. How do you do it? Super simple. Go to lukestory.com slash newsletter. That's lukestory.com slash newsletter. Now, wait, wait, wait. I know you're like newsletter. I don't want to be on another goddamn newsletter. I already unsubscribed from 12 of them today, and I probably did too. Here's the thing though. All I really ever send you on my newsletter is like, hey, here's a new podcast. Here's the links in the show notes from everything we discussed. Every once in a while, and I mean great once in a while, I might send you something that's like, um, hey, this is my new EMF course. Check it out. (laughs) But I don't really sell a lot uh, in my newsletter. It's more like just sharing content with you. And my content is the thing that sells things, you know? when I read the sponsor plugs, stuff like that. But uh, honestly, I'd be really happy to get you on my newsletter. And it's a great way that we can stay in touch outside of the tyrannical clutches of big tech. You know, it's like any day and I don't want to manifest this, but who knows if my channels or podcast or anything is going to be there, quite frankly. I might say something that um, the Orwellian dystopian powers that be don't like and I get unpersoned as the health and wellness Alex Jones or something. (laughs) But uh, anyway, let's hope not. But in the event that that happens, I would love to have a way to keep in touch with you. And that can happen again at lukestory.com slash newsletter. I'm trying to mind my P's and Q's right at the moment until all of the unrest blows over and we can kind of see what's happening. Um, So I'm going to fly under the radar for a minute and just be on the love and light tip, if you know what I mean. But uh, I'd love to have you on the newsletter. Okay. Uh, What do I have going on next? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'd love for you also to subscribe to the show so you will get this Sunday's bonus rebroadcast episode of my recent appearance on the Wise Traditions podcast. And that episode is called Radical Positivity and Escaping Domestication. That's a really fun conversation that I had uh, over on the Wise Traditions show, really talking about the root of 
humanity's problem being that we've thrown ourselves in these human zoos and what to do to escape them. So I really enjoyed that conversation. I'm guessing you will as well. And uh, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. Of course, one of them, incidentally, is Organifi. And you just learned a lot about their amazing founder who's a beautiful person and they make some incredible products. It's funny, it's not often that I have someone on as a guest and then they also were one of the sponsors. Um, Incidentally, (laughs) that's all uh, Organifi did for this show. I just wanted Drew on the show because he's just a badass guy and I just love talking to him. When I love talking to someone, I always sit there and think, why don't I have mics on right now? And I'm learning to do that more and more. So Drew's one of those guys. But anyway, that's the way it panned out. We've got Organifi. Uh, I'd encourage you to check out their red and gold products. You'll know what I mean when you get to the site. That's Organifi.com slash Lifestylist. Organifi is spelled with an I. Organifi.com slash Lifestylist. The code is also Lifestylist, and that gets you 20% off. And we've got our friends over at Juve. That's uh, Juve.com slash Luke. Using the code Luke there will get you an exclusive discount on Juve's Generation 3.0 red light therapy devices. Juve.com slash Luke. And then we've got uh, Beekeepers Naturals. That's beekeepersnaturals.com slash Luke Story. The audience code there is Lifestylist, and that gets you 15% off. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to getting back in your ears next Tuesday.